A few weeks ago on Slack, which is a kind of work messaging system for those that aren't familiar, one of my colleagues, Annie Eubank, sent me a message about this unusual musical artist she'd found on Spotify. He goes by the name The Guy Who Sings Songs About Towns and Cities. And extremely true to his name, he has a lot of songs about different towns and cities. Oh, Fresno, it's the raisin capital of the world. Oh, 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 Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, what a wonderful American city. I'm from Minneapolis, and so, of course, there was a song for that. Oh, yes, Minneapolis. My wife is from Bath, Maine, and so I played her this. Let me tell you about Bath. Maine, it's a great city. It's the city of ships because of all the sailing ships that were built. There are dozens of albums, one for almost every state, and each album has 50 songs on it, covering the cities and towns of that state. And they're all kind of similar. But after listening to dozens of these songs, I also found this. I've never left my hometown. Never left my hometown. So I had to know, who is this? Why is he writing songs about Wooster, Massachusetts and Hot Springs, South Dakota? And has he, in fact, ever left his hometown? I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. And after this, we meet this guy, the guy who sings songs about towns and cities and cheese, everything else under the sun. And I was able to get in touch with him. Well, because of this. I sing my phone number in my songs. 603-644-0048. If you're looking for a place where the wide-open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. All right, so we'll start with a very straightforward question. Um, who are you? Uh, my name is Matt Farley. Excessive creativity is kind of my thing. How many songs have you written? I'm going to consult my, uh, my list. We're up to 23,650. That's a lot of songs. 
By the time I called Matt Farley, I had been through a real journey with his work. It turned out that those city and town songs were like 10% of what he does. Because on top of the Odyssey through American cities, he's also got these happy birthday albums, literally hundreds and hundreds of songs where he sings happy birthday to every name imaginable. Hey there, Chris. Chris, Chris, Chris. Hey, Doug. Hey, hey, Doug. It's your birthday. Happy birthday to you, Jonna. At some point, he just started going by date. Hey, hey, guess what day it is? It's November 1st. And it's your birthday. It's November 2nd. November 3rd. November 9th. November 19th. November 28th is your birthday. And then I found what seemed to be pretty blatant ripoffs of famous songs. Like, you've heard of I'm Bringing Sexy Back, but what about I'm Bringing Back Sexy? For a while now. Sexy has been out of fashion, but I'm going to put an end to that. I'm sure you're familiar with the famous song, Tiny Dancer. I'm worried about the tiny dancer. I'm scared that she might get crushed by one of the regular sized dancers. Okay, so I figure I get it. This guy is a musical spammer. He is working Spotify's SEO. But the further I dug, the weirder and weirder it got. There's a series of apology songs, which are extremely niche. I'm very sorry that I punched your cat in the face. It was almost as if Matt had written a song for every single possible occasion, including this exact moment. I don't know you, but I'd like to have a conversation. I can't foresee naturally getting to that occasion. That's why I'm going to ask you to be on my podcast. I don't don't even know that song. (laughs) I fell in deep, Matt. I, like, fell in deep. I, like, started kind of at the edge and then, like... Is you know, is, there's a lot to un- unravel there. But we'll also dig deep on how you became you and I became me. And I think this is is the moment where we get into, we go a little deeper. And uh, and I ask Matt, uh, how did you become you? So I mean, I just always um, I love music uh, growing up, and specifically, I loved uh, I I was big on like uh, like the Beatles wrote their own songs, you know. So I was very mm. big that that seemed important to me when I was like eight. As a teenager, Matt was indeed writing his own songs, lots of them, and he also made movies and organized premieres at his parents' house. And by the time he was in college. His creative philosophy had started to take shape. He'd do these marathon songwriting sessions with his buddy Tom. And what we slowly realized was like, you have to get a song out of your system before you can write the song you want to write. Or like, or basically whatever idea comes to the surface first, it's your duty to follow through and write that song or else you're going to get stuck. And then accidentally, like we'd write a, a good song, like what we were aiming for. <laughs> we'd be like, hey, look, we actually wrote a good one. And then, of course, no one liked the serious songs. 
Everyone's like, oh, I like that silly song you wrote. And we're like, no, we're artists. After he graduated college, Matt got a job at a group home for teenagers, where he worked for 17 years. It was a really good job and a great experience, but I was basically at the same level as when I was 22, you know? And I was like, oh man, if this music thing doesn't work, (laughs) (laughs) all my eggs are in this basket. Matt kept writing music in his spare time. After work, on weekends, eventually whenever he wasn't working or watching his two kids, he was making music and uploading it to iTunes. And one day, he noticed some of his songs were pulling in enough listens to make a little teeny tiny bit of money. And, oh, was it the 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 great, you know, love song we wrote? No, it was Shut Up Your Monkey. Oh, one, two, three. Get down, get funky, shut up, your monkey. And, um... <laughs> And I'd be like, I think, I think people search the word monkey on iTunes search. And after George Michael, there's not a lot of other options. Making weird sounds. Everybody's telling him to keep it down. Get down. Get funky. Shut up. Yo, monkey. I was like, all right, I think I figured something out. This might take 10 years, but if I, I'm good at writing a song that can earn about two or three dollars a year. Um, if I write 20,000 of them, that, then that, that'll be a little bit of money. And so that, that's what I've been doing since then. Get down, get funky, shut up, you're Over time, uh, what I'm calling the Matt-iverse, kind of like the multiverse, but it's all Matt, it kind of evolved because for the most part, Matt doesn't publish music under his own name. He writes under something like 80 different musical artists. And each one has their own specialty. There's the guy who sings your name over and over. There's uh, <laughs> the Hungry Food Band, which is all mm-hmm. songs about food. Each imagined singer becomes a sort of character. And all of them have staked out their own thematic territory under Matt's Motern Media empire. And then, um, <sighs> uh, of course, the toilet bowl cleaners. Have you discovered them? Oh, I might have missed the toilet bowl cleaners. I've definitely, there's some other kind of scatological ones that I've gotten to, but uh, yeah. Well, they're my number one band. And um, it's because people say, well, kids inevitably are going to type the word poop into music search engines. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you, and this is. I'm not proud. You should, there's no reason not to be proud. Maybe, yeah. Pooping my fingernails is pretty catchy, so uh, you know. And um, and Billie Eilish has referenced it on one of her videos, so that was that was a big moment for me. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, I wipe really hard, and my toilet paper's weak. Sometimes I break right through, and my fingernail is rubbing up against my poopy butt cheek. Stumbling on to Matt's work can feel like discovering this weird hidden world. Like, you're the first person to discover this bizarro corner of the internet. But I think everyone who finds him feels this way. And for all those who stumble in, plenty of people leave as fans. And in fact, Matt's kind of famous. He's been on several episodes of the Reply All podcast. A few years ago, he performed on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. But even so... Lots of people still struggle to wrap their heads around exactly what he's up to. 
And you've got kids and you're married. How how do your kids and wife feel about all of this? Yeah. Well, I, a lot of the phone calls I get, no joke, for many times people have called and been, been like, this guy's clearly like in, in his mom's basement still, you know? Um, but I'm happy to report, yes, I have a, a wife. And, and um, you know, besides the fact that she's great, she also like legitimizes me a little bit, you know? So it's like, I'm like, see, <laughs> she she thinks I'm okay, you know? Um, and yeah, we have two kids, ages six and eight. And um, it's a very normal um, suburban life going on here. I try not to make eye contact with my neighbors. Matt records about one album every single day. That's as many as 40 songs. He also makes two feature-length films with his friends each year. He has written a book about his creative process. There is something about Matt and his work that reminds me of my own sort of teenage creative hijinks, the kind of stuff that I used to get up to with friends in high school. But Matt just never stopped. And the more I learned about his entire creative process and the sheer amount of work he produces, the more it all started to feel like some sort of sophisticated form of performance art. You have to follow through on every idea you have before your whatever in your brain, the creative part of your brain that wants to give you a new idea, it gets mad. It'll be like... I'm not giving you a new idea. You didn't use my last idea. And, and, and I'm like, but your last idea stunk. And the, the brain is like, no, you got to do it. And so I was like, all right, fine. Another poop song, you know? <laughs> the songs are what they say they are, you know? It's like if it's a song called the Johnny Poop Song, that, that's exactly what you're getting, you know? Um, and you, you have to seek it out, you know? Like, shame <laughs> yeah. on you for searching Johnny Poop, you know, frankly. Um, and also, uh, you know, I think I think the songs are good. You know, like uh, obvi- obviously, maybe there's one or two bad songs amidst the twenty three thousand. <laughs> but I still had one more question I wanted answered. The question that started it all. I've never left my hometown. Have you, in fact, ever left your hometown? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But I just, um, I was doing so many songs about cities that I, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if like, like, like the guy who sings about cities and towns kind of yeah. became a character. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he, he had this big reveal, this album where he admitted about that he never left his own hometown and that he's filled with just like heartache and strife and <laughs> <laughs> he's gone through a lot and suddenly... It like puts all these jolly novelty songs in a new, um, a new perspective. So this is very like self-serving, but you know, Atlas Obscura is all about strange and unusual places. Uh, what would it take to do some songs together about some of our favorite places like the Gates of Hell or the Clown Motel? We have a lot of places like this, Snake Island. Yeah. Well, what? I mean, just send me just send me one of those. I can I can whip something up uh, like, you know, like a 45 second little uh, TV theme uh, type thing. How does what, what between Gates of Hell and Clown Motel? What 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 grabs your interest? Clown Motel. 
Less than five hours later, guess what popped up in my inbox? Introducing, for the very first time, the worldwide release inspired by a place on Atlas Obscura and episode 132 of the Atlas Obscura podcast. This is Clown Motel by Matt Farley. Well, it's a clown motel and it's kind of scary. Right next door is a cemetery. Deep in the desert of Nevada, middle of nowhere, you can't get farther away from civilization. And this might be your doom, but you've made the realization that you're exhausted and you need a room, so just enjoy it. Pretend that you're at the circus. Take deep breaths and maybe you won't feel so nervous You've been in plenty of motels before But none with near as much clown decor Don't think about killer clowns or Pennywise Just close your eyes and pray you'll get out of here alive Thank you so much to Matt Farley for taking the time to chat with me, for sharing your music with us. And if you have questions for him, you know where to find him. 603-644-0048. Call me, Atlas Obscura <laughs> listeners. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman. Edited by Gianna Palmer. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.